Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. like Heinz without the Z. Yeah, it's like the ketchup. Just X the Z at the end. It's Hein. Hein. Not Z. Full, full German. Hein. Hein. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm not German. Oh. By marriage, I guess. I, say, I, get, is this your, I get the German. Is this your married name? Yeah. It's better than what I was born with. What which are you was born? Swearingen. Wow. I know. Swearingen. Which is a very Dutch name. Swearingen. <laughs> Do you speak Dutch? No, <laughs> but I do speak a little Spanish because my mom is Mexican. So I just, I'm a little bit of everything, you know? I love it. You can't pin me down. And I won't. <laughs> Thank you. I will not. I don't think you will. <laughs> I feel teary <clears throat> right when Tori walked in the room. I want to, cr- I want to cry mm. because she has this incredible course called Work From Worth. Yes. I am, we, Tori and I know each other from a lot really just from like the music industry and you're great at sharing your soul and we've mm-hmm. run into each other through lots of different circles in that way. Yeah. But I, um, okay. I pause it for a second, everyone, but I'm unpausing it because I was just going to check with Tori <laughs> to make sure we can mention the therapy group that we <laughs> share. Oh, I'm, I'm unashamed to say that I need therapy and unashamed. I need a lot of help. <laughs> Lots of it. So a we, lot of wisdom. we met through Porter's call, yes. which is a, an incredible Therapy Shout group. Out to Porter's Call. I mean, Beth, our favorite woman on the planet. Beth runs it. It's a group that offers free therapy to artists and their spouses. Yes. What a gift. Yeah, for real. The first time I ever got on the phone with Beth, it probably feels a little bit like that same feeling where you just want to cry the moment that that person comes into the room. I just needed someone to be on the phone and rehash to me 
how hard the things that I was walking out were. Just like being just a, a wife of a traveling musician. Yeah, just a validation of, hey, you have a lot on your plate and this is really hard. And I just like broke down, sob crying on the phone. It was like early 2015. Why do yeah. you think that validation meant so much to you? It meant a lot because we I wasn't receiving it, but I was desiring it, which mm. honestly, this is kind of like the foundation of the work from worth story. That's how you, oh great, good, um, it all ties together. So it all ties together because- I think so many of us want that um, validation and the approval or the accolades of the things that we're doing matter. And it's easy to have that extrinsic motivation or encouragement be the motivator behind it if we're not careful. Wait, so say that again. Okay, so let me back up. Okay. The reason why this was so important to me getting on the phone with Beth was because it was a season of life where I was facing a lot of deep-rooted rejection and loneliness. My husband was on the road, but I was home working five part-time jobs so that he could be on the road. So you were scrambling. Yeah, three-year-old, working from 5 a.m. until midnight. And without any, thank you, we see you, we honor you, we love you. Could you (laughs) have... Because you just had to do it. I just, and I felt called to do it, but still, still all the while questioning is what I'm doing mattering? Does it matter to people that I, the people that I love? Does it matter to God? Does my life matter? It feels like I'm just on the hamster wheel of working, but I'm always doing something and yet never feeling like I'm ever doing enough. And definitely doing things that are not seen by other people, which in a culture of accolades and a culture of praise where we can deeply tie our worth as individuals to what we produce and the results in our life or what people say or think about us or what we have um, or where we go and the impact that we make when we start measuring our worth externally, then we're always hustling for it. Um, and that moment with Beth on the phone set the framework for this journey that God was inviting me into that no matter what I do or what I have or what other people say or think, I'm worthy because I have an essential place here on earth as it is in heaven, in my family, in this ministry. Like I play an essential role. No one else can play my part. You're here. I'm here. No one else can play your part. No one else can be you ever. Yes. And you're here. Yeah, exactly. And But um, sometimes we, like you said, we lose that in the hamster wheel, the comparison, the yes. external validation. Mm-hmm. And we don't even know what our worth is. Yeah, We don't even have an idea to figure it out where to start. Yeah. And even doing the things that you know that you're called to do or that are life giving to you can still be so misplaced when it becomes the source of your identity. Yeah. And so there's so many women who are doing such incredible things and stepping into calling and gifting and they're doing the things that they want to do. They hit the goals that they want to hit. They're getting the accolades. They're receiving the admiration or whatever. And yet still they crawl into their beds at night thinking, does this even matter? Do I even matter? I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. Like the worth and my identity is still on the line, depending on the results that I'm producing on in that given day. 
but what would it look like to be able to work with a purpose that's like impossible to lose? Mm. And that's where I feel like I am crashing Mm. into that place. Tell me more. That's why I feel like I'm drawing people into my life, women into my life like you, Mm -hmm. because we reconnected at a random, really random coffee shop. Where were we? We were in Columbia, Tennessee, which is near where I live. (laughs) Yep. And I, at that time, did not have Wi-Fi at my house. (laughs) So in my sweaty, gross workout clothes, I parked myself at the little cafe where I ran into you. Such a cute cafe. It is a cute cafe. Um, Dotted Lime. Dotted Lime. Dotted Lime Adorable. in Columbia. In but Columbia. they closed. No. I know. So we got our last little taste of it. So sad. Oh, that makes yeah. me so sad. It's okay. They closed and they're starting new ventures. They have some other things in Columbia that you can okay. check out. But okay. um, yeah, it was it was so random. I remember looking at you and thinking, I know that girl from somewhere. Therapy. That's Therapy. <laughs> yes, I knew we were. She's good. a safe person to go like, you know, corner and be like, I know you. <laughs> Yes. Yes. That's so great. Yes. Because Michael, my husband, is getting into like dirt bike riding and we spent all day at this dirt bike shop. So hilarious. And it was like, we're like, I can't be here for a single moment longer. No. And it was like time to go get lunch. So we asked the people at the store where to go. And I mean, we were there all day. It was fun. But like it was also just a day at the dirt bike shop. And so randomly we went to the dotted line. And this is why I know that like and I'm trying to get to this place in my life in general. Like meeting you there, like just, just then I discovered your Instagram, which changed my life. You are gifted with the way you express your course, work from worth, everything that is in here, the way that you make it digestible and explain it on Instagram mm. resonates with me so much because you are so real and funny mm. and you use, I'll take it. you use reels in a way that like you're just so playful, but like you hit on so many core issues Mm. but in a way that like I can be like oh my god I totally get that and it's like funny and fun and like you have to kind of like catch people in with the bait of something silly you know and lighthearted so that then you can take them deeper to the place where their soul needs to be met and then you drop like soul bombs at the end of it and I'm like I just I just Just never know what you're gonna get maybe a little dance party (sighs) maybe a little you know funny joke or whatever or maybe a little you know care for the heart care for the soul how it's do you like, come up with this I don't know I think it's just part of who I am is it part of your like gift gifting that you know how to like put this out there in a way that I think it's gifting paired with skill set like I've had to learn how to use social media over the course of the last 10 years as an entrepreneur online but then my gifting is um prophecy and wisdom and leadership and knowledge. And so if I can take the wisdom and knowledge that I'm gaining and communicate it, which is one of my better skills, communication, um, to be able to attach these deeper topics of the soul to a way that's palatable for someone that you're meeting on a quick basis. Because this is the nature of God, is that he's so kind to offer us eternal messages through everyday moments. Like right now is springtime. And I don't know if you feel this, but I feel this, that these things all being made new, 
just reminds you of this deep rooted reality that we're actually existing in that is not like we're out of winter. You know, the, the trees are coming back to life. Like the birds are I have this literal stick of like, it's a stick because all of the um, fiddly fig leaves just died (laughs) and fell off of my little plant that's in my sunroom. So the stick tree, I have a stick in a pot. And my husband was like, why are you keeping that? I'm like, I don't know. It might come back alive. And sure enough, the other day I came uh, in front. I drove in and through the window, I caught it. I'm like, oh my gosh, my stick has leaves on it. Look. And it's got these little like at the very top. I'm like, how kind is God to remind us that we might be a stick in a pot for a season? But you that. never know. You remain. You stay planted. There's this. A sticky note that I have above my sink that says, stop trying to grow, just remain. Because the reality is, oh God, yes, is that if you just remain planted, you stay in an atmosphere that will produce growth. The growth is going to happen because of your obedience to remain. This is pretty powerful right here. Mm -hmm. Say that again, the sticky note. It says, stop trying to grow and just remain. So for example, like try to pick up your pieces of paper that you have on your, on your thing. You're either going to like pick it up or you're not, you know, you can't like, I'm going to try to do this. And everybody (laughs) says that I'm going to try to grow this season. I'm going to try my best to prioritize wellness. I'm going to try my best to be a good mom. I'm going to try. And I'm like, we need to stop saying that. And you, and you've (laughs) said that on some of your reels, like instead of like, Oh, you! it was a funny one, too, with this one. Like, a list of all these things you need to do, and then you're just like, yeah. don't do them. Because, yeah, like, why don't. do we put all this pressure on mm-hmm. ourselves to become? Right. When the process of growth isn't something that you can will, it's not something that you produce. I couldn't will my little leaves to pop out on the top of the stick. It's something that God produces in and through us. But it's our willingness to remain. Volteri again. That brings that growth. Yeah. And before long, then you look back and you go, man, remember when I was a stick in a pot? <laughs> I love that. Do you remember when I was a stick in a pot? And look at my leaves. Look at the growth that, that God created in my life because I remained here. It's actually in the soil of seasons like where you are right now, where you're searching and you're seeking out this wisdom that God is so faithful to meet us in that place. It says in James 1 that if any of you lacks wisdom, that you can ask God. And that he is generous and he offers wisdom without reproach, without a grudge to those who ask in faith. That's like a promise that I hold on to in every season because I'm a mom, I'm an entrepreneur. There's so many different facets of my life where I need wisdom. How does the wisdom show up? Because that's one of the things that I feel inadequate with is I don't feel smart. Mm. Like I don't feel... Um, like I have any skills. Like I don't feel like I, I could ask for wisdom, but I'm like, mm-hmm. God's not going to just like transport uh, all this knowledge in my brain. So all of a sudden I, like, what does that mean? Cause like, I feel, mm-hmm. I feel like I don't have my struggles and I can't wait to get into your work from worth. Yeah. Cause like, and when you listed off your core values and your strengths, it's because everyone Tori knows these because she has a course about, uncovering your core values and strengths and how that plays into working from Mm, worth. Yeah. But like, what if you feel like you're just not capable? Like, how could I even ask for God when I don't feel like I have the capability to receive it? 
I think that hinges on a belief that you have to be capable. I don't feel capable. And that's a old story I've told myself a mm-hmm. long time. But even though I am capable and I look at my life and I'm like, I'm capable, but I still don't feel it. So on the, on the very tail end of the course, we talked through a <laughs> mindset model and is, is it okay if I like walk you through? Oh, I would love to walk okay. through. I listen, I'm an open book. I will share all my stuff. <laughs> it's, it's four B's. Okay. Behold, believe, behave and become. Behold, believe, believe, behave and become. Okay. So what you just told me was I feel inadequate. Mm-hmm. What is that reflecting? What are you beholding? Because beholding means my attention is fixed on something, on a standard. I mean, the classic example is like if I'm pulling up my phone and I'm beholding someone else who just, I feel like, man, they've got it all together. They've got the me answers. Like, like, like. What does that mean? What does so that- to behold something means that it's something that your attention is fixated on and more than just like a glance. It's but almost a, like focus, obsessive. Or mm, is it bad or good? It could be good or bad. Okay. It's where the focus of your attention is because whatever you are beholding, you create a belief system that reflects whatever you're beholding. So that's like whatever you are most valuing. Yeah. So right now... You're asking this question, I don't feel capable, which is actually the result of a belief that you're believing about yourself and you're believing about something that you're beholding, whether you're beholding someone else and their capability or you're beholding yourself or your inability, you're beholding God or an expectation that you're assuming of him or you're beholding a standard or an expectation that you're setting for yourself. What, if you trace back that feeling of inability, what are the thoughts and the beliefs that are shaping that feeling of inability? It goes back to my childhood. Mm -hmm. I'm the youngest of two. Mm -hmm. My sister is super great at everything. Mm -hmm. Smart. Yeah. Capable. Mm -hmm. I'll just go and cry. (laughs) Amazing. Mm -hmm. I've always had her on a pedestal. Love, love, like never felt like I could compare. So... And that's her. She's just, mm-hmm. she just was a type. She's a per- perfectionist. She's a type one. Mm-hmm. She's so good at executing, doing, yeah, making it perfect. Yeah. And I think it started younger that maybe I felt like I never will have that ability. So I never felt good at school. I never felt good at mm. finishing like task like math or anything with school like I just like I wanted to cheat my way through school right I did not feel like I knew how to understand it I never felt like I knew how to do it Mm. and I always did feel creative and I always wanted to be performing of some sorts so I want but then I wanted validation that I was worthy and good Mm -hmm. at something so I started trying to find it through performance Mm -hmm. but I never was the best singer but I could sing and Mm I could Get, I would put myself out there, but I never felt like I was like the best at it. I was right. like, okay, maybe that's an avenue where I could be validated. And so I got into singing and performing and I never felt like comfortable in my skin with it, but I also liked that idea of like getting to be seen and, and validated for something. Cause yeah. I never felt like I had, this is gonna Maybe, maybe we'll get to some answer on this mm-hmm. podcast. From this. Maybe. <laughs> um, 
I just, so then I kind of just felt like I can't really do anything by myself. So I always am going to need help. Like I'm not smart enough. I'm not capable enough to figure it out. I don't have the brain Mm. capacity to like excel in jobs or things that take like skill sets because I don't have skills. So I better figure out a creative way to be validated. Mm. And then I just feel like I started skating from all sorts of stuff. Like I moved to Nashville and I, I got into singing and I got into like a group and we had Ceiling, Ceiling, Ceiling Angels was my band. We had like success and that transferred into like, I, then I kind of skated into The Amazing Race because that happened after Ceiling Angels and then I kind of skated into hosting and then into podcasting. And it's all things I've loved, but I've never had this like clear vision. I've always just sort of like flowed into mm. things and then sort of felt like other people had to help me get there. So I don't feel like I'm capable of doing anything by myself until this mm. podcast because mm. I did this by myself fully without because in a tr- I was in a band but I had two other mm-hmm. people in the band with me mm-hmm. I was hosting but I like had a crew and a team and like one of my band members also hosted with me like I've always had mm-hmm. support all around me I've never felt like I could do it by myself mm. and that is why I don't feel capable and I've had a big disconnect from money and capability I feel like mm. I've always made random money and enough to like do well but like it's never I never have a plan I never have safety with it I never feel like this is my skill that I can offer and I'm contributing and I just feel like Mm. then I just feel like oh I just want people to feel loved and seen and because like I feel like I'm just trying to feel loved and seen yes and so I just want I just want you to feel loved and seen and know that you're worth it but I'm like why am I worth it Mm. I think I'm just trying to get to that place and so I think that that is why I feel like I'm not capable Mm. and it's no one's fault of my family it's just how I have perceived my life and it's not my fault either it's just I have to take ownership of this now and I don't know how and that's where I am I don't know how to take ownership Mm. so when you were a child could you tell me one of the earliest moments when that feeling of unworthiness creeped in do you remember where you were or what you were doing I've always kind of felt unworthy like my whole childhood. Like, like is there a specific moment, though, where – because in all of our memories, there's highlighted moments where that feeling of unworthiness, where the enemy comes in and goes, you're not worthy, was validated by something external, whether it was, of course, like you're saying, I had a good family and it wasn't my sister's fault. It was something that was birthed in me. But it's also something that is – a specific and unique attack against you and your gifting and your framework and who God created you to like be. Like a moment, like a specific moment, not a general yeah, feeling. Yeah, just like a, do you have a <laughs> childhood memory where that feeling of worthiness, whether it was small or insignificant, quote, of a moment or big and profound where that. Okay, this is stupid. I don't know if this is like, this not is just stupid. one of the moments. Mm-hmm. I've always felt like, with boys like I was always boy crazy Mm -hmm. but I always felt like once someone like someone really wouldn't actually want to pick me first yeah and because I probably didn't want to pick my sister or like my best friend Mm. Caroline was her name also because she was always like super cute and cool and awesome and like confident and and, like she just felt like she had her value way more in line than I did Mm. with herself and so I always like wanted boys like certain boys to like me but like they always liked 
my sister or like mm-hmm. my best friend or yeah. so one time like in third grade I remember we went on a school trip and this guy asked Caroline out we were like in third grade and she said no and so then he asked me out next and I just felt mm-hmm. like that that's so stupid but that, I always feel like I'm like kind of second choice yeah yeah that's what it is I think I always feel like I'm just kind of like a good choice but second choice yeah and so it's the whole life of wanting to be first choice yeah. I don't want to I don't want to live on the coattails of my sister but then I don't feel like I have any skills to back up being a first choice. Mm. So then it's like, of course I'm going to be the second choice because I actually don't have what it takes to be the first choice. Yeah. So in this moment, beholding your sister and her ability and if her has, amazingness. If she has all sorts of issues with me too. Like, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, it always is a two-sided coin. I'm sure I gave her a world of trouble. But it's still the only thing that we can own and heal is our own story and perspective. Right. So you're looking at, not just looking to, but beholding your sister. The way she looks, the way she acts, the way she's created, the things that she can do that you can't do. And then I you feel like start I can't do anything. Creating belief. I can't do what she does. I'm not as worthy as she is. So I better figure out how to shine in some way. So that changes the way that you behave, where you're working for your worth rather than from it in your relationships with boys and teachers and parents. Because if your behavior is just right, if you can just say the right thing, do the right thing. And I am a huge people pleaser, Tori. Like... To mm. a massive fault. So if I could just please my parents and my teachers and my friends or this boy in front of me, then I will be worthy of love and belonging and purpose. But I also, and but the scary part of that was that is what I wanted. But then mm. I had this mean streak come out of me because I'm so scared for someone to actually believe that about me because then they're going to get to know me and realize I have nothing to offer. Oh, wow. <laughs> And that's the fourth B, behold, or become. I'm so glad we're doing this. (laughs) It's the fourth B of becoming. Because what began as you need to work hard to be able to earn worth and love and belonging leads you in cycles of perpetual striving and insecurity because it's always going to be hinged on what someone else says or thinks about you. Always. Always. Whether that manifests in your body. I have constant anxiety in my stomach all the time. Like I feel like I'm going to manifest an illness. Like I've been working on it, getting over this now because I have constant knot in my stomach. Constantly. Just like so nervous all the time that someone that I have on a pedestal or really anyone is not going to like me. Because if they don't like me, then I mean, I think it's so layered. Everyone has to like me because that is how I have worth. If I'm not liked... That's the only thing I can offer is being nice to someone and showing other people their value because I have no value. So let me show you yours, then you'll like me. Yeah. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. 
Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Let me just speak to you really fast that this is not unique to you. (laughs) So glad. I know it feels like it is, but every woman that I sit with has an element of this story. And you right now are in the process, in the journey, whether you're a stick in a pot with the little leaves on the top. I think that's where I am. Maybe? Okay. A little leaf. You're not a stick in the pot in my mind. I'm not not in harvest season, but I think I'm maybe starting to spread. But I'm seeing growth. Mm -hmm. The fact that we're having this conversation is evidence of it. You asked earlier, okay, well, how does the wisdom come? How do I receive it? You bump into it in a cafe in Columbia, Tennessee. And that's what I was trying to say with <laughs> that. Like you can't, God will take you where you're yes. supposed to go. Like you said, you can't make yourself grow. Like I didn't yeah. have any, I mean, I of course have loved you in therapy and mm-hmm. I've, every time you talk, I think you're so wise, but Thank like- God. Feelings mutual, <laughs> but we weren't like on each other's radars outside of that place. Right, so the right. fact that we cross paths in a random yeah. cafe in Columbia, nothing happens by chance. And I think that that's what yeah. I'm really trying to tell myself is that be a stick in a pot and let the growth <sighs> remain. Happen. Do what you are called yes. to do. Live in your alignment, and you will. Yeah, but getting God to that is alignment, faithful. He like in every moment of our day, we're being led to the next moment where we're going to encounter him if our eyes are open to it. And um, to bring where you are and your story and the cycles that come in and through. The reality is, is that the reason why it keeps cycling this way is because the cycle begins and ends with you. Right. Being able to control, being able to perform, being able to measure up, being able to please. So in order to get out of this cycle, and this is what the course, what I touch on on the course, and this is the cycle, same for me. Um, And where this began was, you know, early in 2015, but then it, I kind of came to the realization of it in 2020 when it was like a year where we had the biggest year in my business and um, my husband was home and that was good. It was a break from road life. You know, there's been faithfulness that I can see the goodness of God chasing after me, but feeling like it's all on my shoulders. It's it's all going to unravel. It's just a moment of time, you know, and that feeling of stress led me actually to not rest and trust and faith in what God is able to do through me, but in what I'm able to do for myself. 
And so I signed up for, and this is fine. This is a very neutral thing depending on your motivation. Okay. But like (laughs) I signed up for the 75 day hard challenge that everyone was doing in 2020. I don't even know what that is. So it's like you do one workout indoors or outdoors, but you have to do two workouts. One of them has to be outside. A for day? 45 minutes yeah a day to a day to a day what? you have to perfectly keep a diet like for 75 days this sounds like torture dude it was okay so um 10 pages of a book every day a gallon of water every day and a progress picture every day okay but you already have so much on your shoulders and you're yeah, like, yeah. feeling drowning so you're like i'm gonna add the hard challenge to clear this up exactly perfect okay because that's what i would have done this is the cycle of striving that i've lived in for my whole life is like you i know it's gonna make me feel better if i add more hardness if i had more stuff on my plate see i'm opposite i'm like i'm like oh i can't do it already so i'll just let you go ahead and do it for me oh my gosh well, so we're opposite it's interesting yours though. is like let me do more yes and mine is like okay i'll do less if you mm-hmm. don't you know And still, though, it's still that same cycle of insecurity and striving that keeps leading the journey if we're not careful. And so what did you learn from your 75? So I did this thing and it wasn't all bad. But I remember like it feels all bad to me. It's it's terrible because I had already too much on my plate. So sometimes (laughs) my like outdoor workout would be outside at 10 p.m. with my lamp on my Tori. head dude my sis my my Tori. husband literally came outside he's standing on the back porch and he's like what are you doing we have 40 acres in our backyard so i'm like out in the grass doing burpees with my headlamp on at 10 p.m you have to do a, is it a 45 minute workout for it's both? 45 minutes for both one for how do both you have them. time in your day to do no two you, you don't workouts this is not a kids? human this is not a human reality okay i am, like a, I am having a i am having an anxiety, having anxiety attack <laughs> this is what my husband was doing on my behalf he's like what are you doing and i like yelling out at him this is what mentally tough people do <laughs> So get on my level. You need to level up. He's like, eating baby, his, he's eating his bowl of ice cream in his comfy pants. Like, come inside. Let's turn on a movie. I'm like, no, I'm becoming mentally tough. I have too much to prove. Maybe you should put your ice cream down and join me. <laughs> it's funny because God, I take I so much time. pride in this of that. Like, you know what I do with my stress? I just turn it into more hustle and motivation. Wait. I, I got to know your full story, but that's another day. Yeah, okay, so that's another day. <laughs> but this moment of my story, my friend invited me to this thing called Freedom Academy with my friend Carrie Garcia. She is absolutely incredible. Crawled into my into my body and unearthed in me these cycles. I just can't get over the fact you outside at 1030 at night <laughs> with, with a headlamp on doing burpees when you need to be asleep. <laughs> Literally, like I should be absolutely sleeping right now. Like I'd be getting my best rest. Um... And on day 65 of 75, you God met me and was like, it's done. you quit this right now. You quit on 65? You quit this right now. And I'm like, Stop I only got 10 more days left, though. Like, I could definitely keep doing this. Were no. you feeling results quit. from the 65 days? Oh, before? yeah. I looked freaking awesome. Was you know, goal, I'm ripped. I'm like, you know, to I'm going to end this, this pandemic with abs, abs baby. <laughs> was your goal to get ripped? What was the goal of the 75 day There really day wasn't any goal. Just to it prove just to yourself. just to prove myself. That you can do hard things. Hardest things. As if I have anything that needs... Nobody is thinking, I wonder if Tori's going to prove herself today. 
I better check on my Instagram. What day is she on on her 75? Like, she, no she, one actually cares <laughs> at all. I wonder if Tori's going to prove herself That's going to That's going to make my business grow. It's going to make my impact grow as if I have rock solid abs because everyone's thinking about it. And you're like, no one is thinking about it, Tori. No one is thinking about it. And actually, everybody in my life, my children, my husband, what, my you friends stop? are like, stop, quit any moment, any moment. you want. Like you're ruining our lives. No, <laughs> but kind of. <laughs> but like for real. But we are, we're counting down for the 75 days to be over also, but for a totally different reason than you, Tori. <laughs> oh. And when God wrecked me and I quit on day six, How did he wreck you? It was at Carrie Garcia's Freedom Academy. And I realized that since eighth grade and really even before that it had I had always defaulted to trying to treat my body as a project in order to alleviate this sense of unworthiness and trying to treat my body as a project so like if you could get your body to look a certain way yeah then you would feel worthy because you yeah. did it you did it well it's like kind of stemmed back to this day in eighth grade when I got in detention because I was passing notes with my friend Ashley and we were sitting in detention with three other boys and they were the boys that I kind of had crushes on you know Mm -hmm. it's always like those eighth grade boys that kind of look like they're 21 but they're not they're in eighth grade and they're kind of bad they already know how to be bad bad a little bit yeah so weird kids are weird I know we and you're you're telling me a moment of trauma in your life at third grade you know and this it it happens so early on where the enemy comes in and invades our story and attacks our worth with something extrinsic. And the boys looked at me and they go, Let's measure Tori on a scale from one to ten. And they, whoa. Yeah. And like this was like you- my crush, you know. So I'm like sitting on the edge of my seat, like, what do you think? You know? Like it's gonna be a ten, of course. I mean, I wasn't were you thinking, thinking that, that I was beginning? like maybe an eight. Like I feel like I could probably cross as an eight. Right? But you were feeling like, pretty you know? good. So they you look me fi- up and down. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. It's funny because I don't know if you remember the first moment in your life when you're humiliated. You, well, not just humiliated, but like when you are aware of imperfection in your body. Uh. Like I remember being. This is so silly, but I was at Taco Bell. My family and I like lived on Taco I Bell love- after church oh. every Sunday. We would go Mexican to Taco pizza? Bell. Number four. No, actually, back in the day, they had this thing called an enchilada. With okay. green sauce, and I'd do enchilada <laughs> with green sauce and no onions, and then I'd eat like I don't know a side like nacho and you know the chips and the cheese, and then like my taco, and I'm like yeah, solid after church meal. Like I'm stoked, you know. And then I hope y'all had enough bathrooms for everyone exactly. to like get in line. <laughs> Everybody, no, me and my family have built a like serious tolerance. Like yeah, you know. I think, I think we all thrive on Taco Bell. I thrive on junk food. <laughs> like I literally, oh my gosh. I thrive. I went to my, I'll divert quickly. I went to my acupuncturist yesterday. He's amazing. And we were talking about, of course, I share with him all of my things and he really yeah. into life stuff. But he was like, there was this woman that came to him and she ate two giant Hershey bars a day. And that was it. She's like, I'm getting my carbs. I'm getting my uh, protein. <laughs> I'm getting my, like my dairy. And she's like, and it's 1200 calories. And she's like, he's like, well, what about your vitamins? She's like, I take a bite. She was 75 and she was like perfect shape. No health issues. She's like, I take a bite of my chocolate bar. She's and I say, literally just made of Hershey chocolate. Huh? She says, she said, this is my vitamin B right here. I eat it. And my body loves it. And she was in perfect health. That's so funny. So I think it's you can like train your body. It's just like my 93-year-old um, grandpa who literally smoked a pack a day from the time that he was 13 until he was 93 when he forgot he smoked. <laughs> <laughs> he 
my girl and like one day he's like i want a cigarette and my grandma's like don't you remember olin you quit you quit years ago and he's like i did <laughs> and then he just never smoked again <laughs> She had to like convince him because he would smoke and he'd like fall asleep in his chair and could burn like, the house, burn down. the house down. Yeah, she's like, we need to convince him somehow that so he she wasn't smoke worried anymore. about his lungs. She's just worried no, about the house. She's like, down. he's ninety three. Obviously, he's lived this long. You know, <laughs> there is so much pressure though. It's on every single element. But like, here I am in this room with these eighth graders, and they're looking me up, up and down, and they're like, you know, you're kind of like a. F- five and a half, six, but like you could maybe get to an eight, but here's the things that would need to change. And they're like, you need to start wearing makeup, maybe dye your hair. If you shaved your arms, if you plucked your eyebrows this way, the that boys way. Are saying if, this? Yeah. They're, if, lose like maybe 10 pounds. If your boobs are just a tad bit bigger. And I mean, my friend and I left that detention center and my friend Ashley, she doesn't, her, her framework of worth and the way that she measure, measures her worth is totally different than me. So she leaves and she's like, screw those guys. They're a bunch of jerks. And da, da, da. She was fine. Yeah, she was like, they're losers. I literally care 0% what they think but about. You. But me, I left with a list of things that I needed to work on. And um, Wow. This is why coming back to these moments These is moments so are important. so important because still me as a 30-year-old woman can come back to the list that's an imaginary list. Those so you boys had this thinking list. about me, right? Like, and here I am defaulting to a 75 day hard challenge in my thirties, the same as I did in eighth grade, trying to prove that I was worthy of love and belonging to these boys in eighth grade who one of the, the one that rated me low and told me that I could get better. I actually dated for four years. How was he, it dating him? It was terrible. Did, I mean, did he rate you the whole time? <laughs> yeah. And it was always this comparison to other people. You dated him four years. Yeah. So you just wanted, you went back for more. I did. You're and like, I'm going to prove to you that I'm a 10. <laughs> I know until I realized I actually have nothing to prove to this person. And I'm so grateful that I, cause there's so many women that continue going down that pathway and they end up married to that person yes. or they end up, you know, spending even longer and not just frivolous high school years, but years in their adult life where they don't awaken to their sense of worth and intrinsic intrinsic worthiness of love until much later. And they have to unlearn so much more trauma, capital T trauma or lowercase t trauma. Beth you know? told me that in therapy. And I feel like I have only, I, I feel guilty because I feel like I have only lower T trauma and that I'm not worthy mm. of calling attention to myself because it's not, there's real trauma out there. There is, but that doesn't diminish the hurt and the pain in our own story. For a while, I used to think that way too, but now I counted a joy that whether I'm sitting with someone who, like me, has this lowercase t trauma, which we all do, where I can actually show them that this hurt and pain in their story needs to be tended to by a loving God, that there's so many more out there like worth, me. And I think, sorry, I'm having a little mini breakthroughs, that I'm worth tending to. Yeah. Even though I don't have as many things to tend Absolutely. to as someone else that I see, I'm still worth tending to. And when that story is fully healed, you bring healing to the story of others. It's what you do through the podcast. It's what you do in your work. It's what you do as a person. It's what you do when you carry yourself into a room. It's part of your essential gifting. It's part of the framework of who God has always called you to be. 
when a story is redeemed, free people end up freeing other people. Free people end up freeing other people. Yes. And the lowercase t trauma that is being healed in your life, you're going to be a healing agent in the lives of others where you might not be able to fully understand capital T trauma in the life of another. They may need to go to someone else for that healing. You're not going to be able to meet, you know, we, we aren't called to meet the needs of any person. We direct them to the source of all that they need. But for you, you hold space when you're fully healed then these moments with other people no longer start becoming about you. They start becoming about the other person. Mm. You lean in with this whimsy and this wonder of what could God do in this person's story with a moment of truth and love? What if this moment wasn't about me measuring up or proving my worth, but just being here with this other soul that needs tending? Because you have tended to yourself, so you can actually water that person's plant. Yeah, and even more than (laughs) tending to myself, it's God tending. Mm. Because... If the cycle still remains about me having enough or being sufficient for myself, I will remain in that cycle forever. Okay, say that again. If it just starts and ends with me, where I'm cycling based on me tending, me fixing, me caring, me paying attention. This is what our culture right now is teaching, is it's me focused, me anchored. I will still live in this perpetual cycle of insecurity and striving because I'm not enough for myself. It's proven to me over and over and over again. I need, I need a purpose and a love and a worthiness that is anchored in eternity, that is separate from myself that can come in and redeem my story and set me free. And this is what, in the Bible, there's a book called Ephesians. And in chapter 2, verse 10, it says that we are God's workmanship, that we're created in his image to do good works that he preordained before the beginning of time for us to walk out. I sit with this and I think, oh my goodness, that means that you, me, we are the creative result. We are the result of God's purposed creativity, that we embody the beauty and the love and the image of our creator. And he created you before the beginning of the foundation of the world, preordained you to come at the time and the place in the family, in this room with me. He's preordained this. So we can experience something. So that we, and it says that we have been preordained to do good works, that God plan before the beginning of time for us to walk out. Now, it's important to see this at the end of the entire chapter, though, because the earlier verses are saying, faith is a gift from God. It's not something that you can earn. It's not something that you can be worthy of in and of yourself. It is a gift of grace that you cannot boast about, that you can't say, I did this thing for myself, that you can't anchor in on your own self-sufficiency. But it's something that has been done, not just a little bit, but done and finished and completed by God himself to set us free to live this life as a workmanship. This changes everything. When I go back into my eighth grade room with the boys and I think about the reality that I am a workmanship created in the image of God to do good works before the beginning of time for God to walk out for me. Those boys hold no authority in that room. They hold no authority. 
I'm set free and purposed, not just now, but for eternity. And that worth can't be touched by eighth grade boys. Um, and when I look back through the rest of the cycle of my story, when I when truth and love enters the room and it shifts what I'm beholding, where now I'm not beholding myself and my stature and my body and, and my list. inability and my list that's been created for me from cultural standards and other people, my own expectations, whatever. Boys, yeah. And I shift off that list and I look to God who in Hebrews it says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. Because for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He endured shame. He endured the sacrifice that was necessary to set us free. He endured for the joy set before him of our freedom, of his glory manifest in our freedom. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. So he had joy going through that pain because he knew the freedom it would give others. Yeah. The free, free. He came to redeem the creation that bears his image with himself. And the way he did it was forsaking the lists. Forsaking the lists. The lists that if he had tried to measure up or people please or fall into the same patterns that we all do um i mean that list is what put him on the cross all the jewish people had expectations for what the messiah was going to be all the you know all the culture of that time all the people of that time were expecting the savior of the world to look like this he came in with humility and broke the chains of shame and selfishness and pride and remained humble and submitted to his father the whole time so that he could offer himself as a sacrifice to allow us the freedom to be able to live the same way. And this is a reality for us, a purpose for us that is anchored in eternity, but it's also lived out now. It's lived out in our moments until we arrive there. It's the it's the central framework of the message of Jesus when he says, when the disciples say, teach us how to pray. And he goes, okay, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Usually most of us know this if we've been in church for a hot minute, mm-hmm. your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our 
trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the authority forever. Amen. In English, we place the authority at the very end, like our conclusion statement, you know, like I got my thesis, got my conclusion, boom, like English 101, you know. But in Hebrew, the emphasis is in the middle. And so you lead up to the emphasis and then you lead down from the emphasis. And right at the very middle of that prayer is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, and in this, actually in this entire framework of a prayer, we're seeing God's sufficiency and us beholding God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then the second half is provide for me physically, help me forgive my friends who wrong me. Don't lead me into temptation. Deliver me from this evil that I've been bound to my whole life. This is what it looks like to glorify you. This central message of your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is what we're tasting right now in this room. It's what we're tasting on these chairs. It's what we're tasting here in this moment is this just this glimpse of what eternal freedom would look like lived in my life right now free from the expectation of others, free from the shame of my past, free from the need to be praised, free from myself and all of this, these cycles that I find myself so perpetually locked in, to be set free by a love and a worth and a purpose that cannot be changed by anything circumstantially on this earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And that's it, it seems so silly that this massive, big, you know, like thing that I'm talking about or whatever could manifest itself in a decision to go, I'm quitting on day 65 of 75. I'm glad you brought it back to that. But it, <laughs> it does have to actually, it has to manifest in these moments. These are the moments where humility and my realignment with the truth of who God says I am and who I am has to like take root. Because it's one thing for me to just spout out a bunch of like words here on a podcast. And it's another thing for me to ask forgiveness when I've wronged someone or when God comes and, you know, convicts me of something that I'm doing that is motivated by this need for worthiness from someone else to recognize that and immediately respond with no more. You know, the simple choices of, choosing to turn my phone off at 9 p.m. so that I can get a good night's sleep rather than put my headlamp on and do burpees in the backyard, you know? Like, it's this, you know, I'm actually going to lay down the belief that it all rests on my shoulders for the truth that I'm your workmanship and you've preordained the good works for me to do all my life so I can go to bed and I can go to bed in peace because you're leading me forward. I'm choosing to remain. I've got these little, got these little, you know, leaves popping up at the top of my stick. And I'm going to believe that you can continue to grow this beautiful thing in me if I remain here. But the moment that I stop watering, the moment that I put myself back into atmospheres where it's just going to like bring death is when that spiritual reality can't take root in us because we're hinging back on our own ability again. So that's what this is. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust 
into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.